you got to keep the big picture that, hey, we're changing the world. We're changing the world. If you want to be taken seriously, you have to be consistent. consistent. We're speaking with people that are sending a pulse to their industry. Welcome to to Electric People. We have Dave Madsen on the show. Check out Tim Ballard. Jeff Curl. Sheckler. Kenzie Watts. The League presents Electric People. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Electric People. We've got Grant Shaw on the show with us today. What's up, Grant? How's it going, man? Thanks for having me. Yeah, dude. It's good to see you. You know, um, we've done a couple of these. uh, You know, we've been doing them remote during shelter in place. But you're our first, as far as I believe, currently infected with coronavirus. I think you're the first on the show that currently has it. So they, you look better than I expected. Did you not know this, Adam? No, I didn't know this. <laughs> yeah. it changes everything. Yeah. I put on a mask. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm hitting franchise with coronavirus. That's my. That was like my goal of Q2 was I want to have coronavirus and then hit franchise. That would be. There's that the would Michael. Be a great there's the Michael Jordan flu game. There's the Michael Jordan <laughs> yep. flu game. This is my flu game, man. There is. I'm trying to think of. Oh, there's the. There's the Tiger winning the U.S. Open with a, a torn Achilles or torn ACL years years ago, and then there's Grant hitting franchise with Corona. Not Grant's necessarily in that order either. Grant's going to hit franchise in the next thirty minutes. As soon as this job gets called in, he's at twenty four point two five installs on the quarter right now. So he's going to uh, literally don't hit jinx it. Don't jinx podcast. it, Ty. Don't know. There's going to be some, <laughs> now that Ty just said that. There's going to be like course. a. <laughs> There'll be some random, like, triple shingle issue that they're like, yo. Hey, well, Grant's been kind of hard to book for this with all of our schedules, but we figured we'd nab him while he's in quarantine and can't run anywhere. So, uh, by way of quick intro, um, Grant, I didn't actually know this until we were talking just a second ago, but you're eight days away from your one-year anniversary of being employed at Vivid Solar. You've been a DM half of that time. This quarter, so this is our, the, we dub it the weirdest quarter in history, you're at 67 ACs, 61 welcome calls, 38 permits submitted, and over 25 installs. You went from a starter to All-American during this quarter while being a partner in a new um, office. So he, uh, he's uh, soon to be a father, a husband, a youth pastor, and what do we want to call you? Like a semi-pro dirt bike rider? No, no, no. I'm not fast at all anymore. I'm very slow now. Semi-pro so. dirt bike like, rider. It is. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah weekend warrior, dude. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. Uh, the talents just keep coming in, Grant. So excited to dig in, man. We, uh, we're doing a series of interviews right now um, from the highest ranked from our survey that we did of people saying who they wanted to hear from. And just from your performance in this last quarter, we had a lot of people reach out and uh, mention your name such that you're ranked in the top three. So thank you for being here, man. Don't screw it up. Yeah. Hey, thanks (laughs) for having me. I get really nervous public speaking. So um, if I just start like getting all choked up and shaky, like it's because I can't. I, I just can't talk in front of people. It's really hard for me. I'm just kidding. Well, I don't not, anticipate no, I, Adam and I needing to talk much on this one. So, Ty, you're really nice. Whenever I whenever I preface stuff with like, we surveyed a bunch of people and you were on our list of people that they wanted to talk to, I would have said something along the lines of there were like 23 people that um, everyone wanted to hear from and you ranked 21st out of the 23 so we're really excited to talk to you, man. Like that's uh, Ty is so nice. He's like, there were three. 
which you know no, Grant can see into question. my soul, dude. I'm probably 21st, and Ty's probably just being really nice. Like, there's <laughs> there's no way. To stop. No one can even know who yeah, I am yet. I'm too. Yeah, the yeah. other one, Ty, is when um, another good question to ask people, and Grant, you can ask people, you can steal this. Uh, you ask people where they ranked in popularity in their high school. You like, you know, like how popular were you in high school? And people always, if people you know, they were like pretty popular. They'll never say one. They'll always be like, I mean, I was probably like top five or whatever. And I'm like, no, like you had to put a number on it. Like, what, what do you think you were? And they'll be like, I mean, three. And then you're like, well, who is number one or two? And they're like, they can't think. And then you're like, so basically you think you were the most popular. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to answer. I was uh, Um, averagely popular. Well, I want to dive into this, Grant, because you actually have a really interesting backstory. And a lot of it has... um, has attributed to a lot of the success that you've had now. So why don't you just walk us through what you were doing before Vivint Solar and um, how you came to be uh, running one of our teams in, in Southern California? Yeah. Um, so actually, Ty, I don't even know if you know what I was doing directly before Vivint Solar. So uh, I've been doing in-home sales and door-to-door stuff for like over 10 years now. But the three months before I started at Vivint, I was actually working uh, <laughs> working on mobile homes, servicing mobile homes, which is way worse than it sounds. Um, <laughs> so basically, you have to crawl under mobile homes like five a day. You're just like oh. assigned all these clients, and you crawl under, usually out in Palm Springs or like really hot desert areas. And it's crazy the stuff you find under there, like... I remember one of the last days I worked there, I climbed under and there's just this like awful stench, right? And you're like crawling in the dust, like army crawling. And and I'm a big guy and it's a small little space. And in one corner, there's a scorpion nest, like literally 15 scorpions that seem kind of agitated crawling out of this corner. (laughs) And then I go to army crawl around, like I'm like, I used to freak out at daddy long legs, like spiders are not my thing. And so I'm not, I'm not that guy. So I was like, okay, 15 scorpions. I'm, I have like an inch above me. I got to get out of here immediately. And so I turn around army crawling and there's this like decaying dead cat on the right side of me. Oh and my gosh. The <laughs> and there's all this like, Oh man, it was just the worst. And, and I remember getting out of there. And when we would get these accounts, like, we would replumb the house or we would level the mobile home if it's like foundation was off or whatever. And I remember like, we'd have like five a day and it was just slamming out jobs and you'd get maybe like 150 bucks a commission, you know? And so if you just like went on a hot streak and, and closed for your appointments, it's like, okay, I had a $500 day, you know? Um, and, and it was just, and some of them were like, you'd get stories that they, they netted out negative. So they're not going to install the job and actually they didn't want to do it. And then your half your commission would go away. And I just remember thinking like, man, like this is probably the worst, this is probably the worst job I've ever had. And I've had a lot of weird jobs. And I just thought, uh, you know, that was, that was actually the last month before Vivint Solar. Um, I was crawling under mobile homes, uh, army crawling past dead cats and scorpion nests. So, 
uh, yeah, so I'm grateful to be here, man. If you think it's bad, you think it's bad to knock doors every now and then, right? Just go back to that crawl space. Just go to what the crawl exactly, space. Yeah, what exactly does, if you had to describe what an agitated scorpion nest looks like, how would you describe that? Um, well, any movement towards you, you take as aggression, right? So, like, any scorpion <laughs> getting any closer to you than they were a second ago, is obviously yeah. an attack that that thing's going to get you. And, uh, and then when their tail is curling up, you know, like whatever mm. that movement is. Um, and when you see 15 of them, I mean, it's like a horror story, dude, for someone who doesn't like spiders or, or things like that. It was, it was a bad, it was a bad day. So, um, that would yeah. literally scare the hell out of me. I'm ter also terrified, Ty. I don't know if you knew this, but I know we've shared your snake story a couple times on this. I'm deathly afraid of snakes, by the way. Like, that's when the first thing you said when you're crawling under mobile, I'm assuming you ran into snakes regularly, but there is, yeah. you couldn't pay me a million dollars a year to do that job just because of snake, yeah. the snake risk alone. Snakes, dude, black widows. Um, <laughs> It was a it was a crazy gig, but you know you do what you have to do. Was, we were, uh, you know, in our first year of marriage still, and we're doing a lot of ministry. We started a, a ministry for young adults with special needs that kind of took over our life. And um, how did that? How did you come to start that? You said you started it. Uh, yeah, pretty. Uh, <laughs> probably the best thing we've ever done, right? Probably the coolest thing we've ever been a part of. But basically, we we're at church one night. Uh, and I was teaching at a young adults group and we had like, we had maybe like 70 or 80, you know, college kids at this campus here in Temecula. And there was one night, um, that my mom who had just got baptized, I got to baptize my mom, which was like amazing. Uh, this guy that I met, this is another, this is going to open another store if I tell you, but a guy I met, uh, in a jail cell. So yes, I've, I've been to jail. So that's a story we'll have to <laughs> circle back minutes um and then uh and which i know you didn't know about me either ty so it's gonna be a, a big uh i just told myself dude, I'm gonna be there's super some honest. things that i can't unknow just so you know if you decide to tell me yeah. there's certain things that i can't unknow so no it's you, nothing you i'm ashamed question on whether or not we talk about that one yeah no no it's not i'm not even a little bit ashamed about it so it'll be a good story um but this guy that i met who also got baptized the same day as my mom and then there was two people in wheelchairs uh, and then like three young adults who had special needs, autism and different, different things. And we were, me and my wife were sitting in the back of church and it was during the worship portion of the service and everyone was just singing out about the goodness of God and how faithful God is. And we were kind of sitting there and it was just this moment that was like, man, this is the, this is what the church should look like. Like this is the most beautiful it, it just like rocked both of us. And so we went home, we started praying about it. And, and we just kind of said, you know, we, we just wanted to have a place where we didn't want to separate the special needs community from the church. Like a lot of churches uh, in our experience have just had like, once there is a, a group for that group of people, it's almost separate. So we really wanted them to still be ushers and be able to serve in the church and part of the part of the church and, and really celebrated for who they were and how, how, you know, God uniquely designed them and made them. And, and we just think 
they're the best group of people in the world. And so, but then we wanted this group too, where they could, you know, uh, just kind of have for themselves. And so we started this group and then it was like, it went from, you know, three adults with special needs to 10 adults with special needs to 15 adults. And we went to this conference and out of all the churches represented, there was like probably 35 churches there went to the special needs uh, disability conference. And out of all the churches represented, there was no church that had um, any programs for adults with special needs. It was all youth programs, which, which is a great thing. But we thought, man, there's like a real hole here. And so we just kind of started pouring our life into that. And, and it took over our life quickly. So we we're doing a lot of that. And then we had started to pay the bills, right? So it was like, I was running my own construction company at the time. And that was taking like 70 hour work weeks. And, and I was recently married. We had this ministry stuff going on. I was like, something's got to give. So I actually went into the mobile home world after shutting down my business and getting out of that, which I'd been building for like, you know, four years and uh, walked away from that, went into that really to make kind of the minimum, but just enough to get by. Um, but then even that, the workload started turning up and uh, there's, there's a lot going on in the company and there's just some things. And, and so then I came, came over to Vivint Solar and uh, the rest is history, man. It's been a been a great journey. So, and you had had a rep. You had a rep that came over before, right? Like that was working with you in in home upgrade sales. Yeah. So so basically, I had um, I had I had a bunch of guys that I trained to canvas and knock doors, and these guys were getting pretty good. The average canvasser would get like a lead a day. I mean, we have no neo, right? So this is what I always tell reps here. You got to understand, like, you have people's names, phone numbers, you can press a button and pre-qual them now. Like we have so many tools. We didn't have any of that, dude. We had a, we had a notepad and uh, we picked an area and then, and then you're trying to find, you know, a $60,000 remodel where they're going to take a loan out at the bank or pay you cash out of thin air. Like, like it was a hard appointment to set. And, and these guys started getting really good where we were getting, like we had a, we had a day where I remember, all four guys in one car that were going out to area together got like six leads each. And, and I had people in the industry going, how are these guys getting so many leads? Like if you have guys averaging one a day, it's pretty normal. Two is like a rock star. So these guys were getting like six leads each. And I would go out and then knock with them and I had to like show them up. Right. It wasn't like I couldn't go out and then be like, Oh man, I got one lead. Like listen to what I say. So I'd go pound the pavement with them. And I'd have to just turn it on and do something impressive. Like I'd have to knock out four leads in an hour or something and be like, here guys, here's how you, here's how you do it. And so we started developing all these systems. And, and so one of those guys uh, that I trained a dear friend of mine, and he's in our Temecula office now, uh, John Cusey, he was looking after I shut my gig down and went into <laughs> crawling under mobile homes. Um, just a crazy roller coaster, man. Uh, I, I, I looked up on Craigslist for him some sales jobs. And one of the ads was a Vivint Solar post. I don't, I don't know if I've ever even seen a Vivint Solar Craigslist ad since then, but it was, it said like up to $4,000 paid training. And I knew his monthly overhead and his situation. I said, bro, look, solar's probably a good gig. 
you'll be able to go get leads probably pretty easily. I don't know how it all works, but this will give you a little cushion to transition. Maybe you can make, you know, maybe you can make 70 or 80 grand if you go over there and do a good job. And I just give it a shot. So he came over, uh, he got like, you know, four welcome calls in his first week or two and was showing me the, the, um, pay plan. And he said, dude, I think it's better. I think it's better than you think it is. And I've been around the block. Like I've been in in-home sales for 15 years. So I said, yeah, yeah, you're, they're always going to make you think it's better than you think it is when you start, but just give it, give it a few months, man. Let's, let's see how it runs out. And then he started telling me about, you know, stuff he was hearing and other reps, uh, success stories and things. And, and, uh, and he said, no, 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 Grant, I, I really think it's better than you think it is. And I think you would do really well here. And so I came and I met with Jason Crown and I can't kind of gave him like the, you know, I tried to, tried to really, you know, push him into a corner to shoot me straight. Like, Hey, come on. Like, like, tell me the catch, dude. Where's the, there's no way guys are getting paid what it looks like you could get paid here. Uh, there's no way the program's as good as what it looks like it is to me. Like it sounded like an easy sell to me. And so I just, I kind of like went through that and, and then I went home and talked with my wife and prayed with my wife. And, and she kind of just said, babe, I think, I think you're pretty miserable right now. And I think you love creating and, you know, kind of, driving it at the speed you want to drive it. I think you should just try it. Let's go for it. And so I came over and, uh, and, uh, and then I had a really big failure story when I first got here <laughs> and then, uh, turned it around and, and, uh, pretty, pretty thrilled, pretty thrilled to be here now. So, so yeah, crazy, crazy. Can't imagine it was that difficult for your wife to like talk you out of the underground trailer park. Yeah. As she's dusting like, you off. She's like, she, he's like, I don't know, babe. I don't know if I want to walk away from this scorpion life. You know, <laughs> I mean, they're it's, telling me I can make all this money, but I really love the snake and scorpion life. Yeah. Well, I mean, we got, we got, uh, you know, we were promised things there too, that were different, right? Like I was told what my pay plan was going to be there and it was on a rolling curve of commission. So it was like dependent on certain metrics you hit, you would hit different percentages and all these things. The problem was I, I blew all those metrics out of the water. I like doubled second place my first month and I was there for like 17 days. So I got, I was first in the company. I thought, okay, I'm doing good. And then I thought I knew what I was making. And I think I made like 4,700 bucks my first month. And we barely, barely could swing the bills, right? And so it was like, it was like, man. And so then what did I do is I just worked harder the next month. I did better the next month and had basically the same, same paycheck. And I thought, man, this is a, first of all, what they said was going to be there isn't there. There's no real room for growth here. And we're not, I mean, we're barely getting by. And, and, and then we thought the schedule was going to be better. And I was back to running like five or six appointments a day. I was driving like 200 miles a day. I mean, I was, it, and it just turned into, okay, this isn't, there's no longevity here. And every, every reason we left running my own business, a lot of it being time was, uh, was like, okay, that's, we're back in the same boat. So something's got to give again. That's one of the things that I always notice is, there's so like, 
just the importance of reaching out to people because there's so many people that are working hard. Like the job you're describing is so much harder than the job that we do. It's harder physically. It's harder mentally. It's hard to get a $4,700 paycheck at the end of the year living in Southern Cal, like, or at the end of the month. Like it's so crazy that if you just switch, you're like, Hey, apply the same work to this lane, how different everything is, right? There's so many people out there that work hard like that. They're just not in the right program, you know? Yeah. It's, it's probably, um, true for most jobs. Like, like, even when I hear people say, and, and I know we say it, and I know part of it is true, but like we'll say, we'll say, you know, this job's really hard or really hard for a lot of people, and that's why we get paid so well. I, I don't know if it's just, you know, the road I had to get here, but I, const- I kind of cringe in those moments because I go, yeah, no, this job's not that hard. And, and that might be shocking or, or that might be not the most encouraging thing. So I try to watch my perspective a little but it's it's like here here's the deal like i said when we were doing in-home sales door to door we didn't have any of the tools um we weren't selling something that was saving them money and they're getting all these incentives and stuff back like we were saying hey we want to do this service and we want you to pay us seventy three thousand dollars sign on the dotted line and now it's going to take three and a half months to execute before anyone gets paid and let's hope there's no hiccups in between uh, I mean, it's just a crazy world, and but you figure it out, right? And and you figure out how to develop systems to make sure that you have a good SIP percentage, and those leads are there, and your close ratios come up, and and you can build a company like that. And so I've been doing that for for huge companies, um, you know, for years. And I was always my goal was always like double second place. Like I always was top top guy in those organizations. But my goal was always like, I want to dub- I want to destroy second place. Like that was my personal goal. If I can double second, I know doors will open up. And, and unfortunately, even with the, that kind of production and numbers, I, I never grew. I never got the opportunities. I never got that next step. And I mean, I had, I had years where I did like $6 million of business. And I know the margins these companies are making. And my 1099 is $118,000. And that was like a great year. That was like my great year before that. And, and, and like I said, so I come over here and my first quarter, I beat my best year, right? Like that. I always want that. Your to first that quarter. Quarter. My first quarter that I, I had some uh, personal stuff going, going wrong in life too. And some challenges and I didn't even hit my stride yet, but my first quarter, beat my best year in 13 years of in-home sales and I'm just learning it, right? Like I still don't know what I'm doing. I'm still kind of like, like learning how to drive the car as I'm in the car, you know? And so I'm, I just tell people like here, here's one of the, the main epiphanies for me is, you know, I've had guys, I've had reps that I brought over that left or, or, you know, I think we all have where, where maybe someone goes back to, working at target or working at the mechanic shop or whatever. And that that's all fine. But, but the reality is for the job, whatever job you take, (laughs) you usually have a uniform you have to wear a time. You have to be there a time you clock out at. And it's not like, it's not like subjective. Like, well, I kind of feel like that today. It's like, if you're supposed to be there at seven in and out and you get there at nine 30 and say, Oh yeah, I was just, you know, I just felt like, surfing today like sorry dude 
um, it's only one or two times until you're fired, right? And it's to yeah. make $1,700 at the end of the month. We're rent now in Temecula. We're not even San Diego, man. We're like the little, you know, <laughs> we're the little town inland that's supposed to be cheap. Rent for a one bedroom apartment's like 1,900 bucks now. And you just go, it doesn't pencil out. And so we come over here and you can make, you know, $7,000 in 45 minutes on a Zoom call and 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 not wear a polo you know or be late to a zoom like how do you be late to a zoom call those are some of the things that that i think is it it's all about perspective and you look and you go man um it's it's absolutely right if if you would kind of realize that there's guys you know crawling under mobile homes to try to make ends meet for their family or uh standing on a car lot in a suit and tie with dress shoes for like 12 hours hustling so that maybe they have like $4,100 at the end of the month. And if you can uh, learn this and, and, and learn from like, we have so many ways to learn well here. And if you just come in teachable and humble and see the opportunity, the opportunity is not like twice as good as across the street. It's like 10 times better for real than the next best opportunity. And, and there's evidence of that just in the leadership. It's like, this is the first organization that I've came into that the first thing I noticed was, I just have to look like 10 people over. Like, I just have to look. I went to my first conference and I remember just seeing like, there's 20 people in this room right now that are probably better than me. And that was so exciting to me. I thought, I thought, man, like that's not, I've never had that experience in any other organization. And and it's not just by chance. It's because the opportunity is so great that all the best guys that come stay. They go, man, I'm on a rocket ship and I'm not leaving. And so that when you see that kind of culture, you go, yeah, there must be something real here because um, the proof is in the pudding, right? And so I just saw it. I came over and, and uh, yeah, like I said, my first quarter changed my life. Um, and, and, and just, yeah, it's just been an amazing amazing journey so far man and so but so you 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 mentioned with all the success you've had since you've been with us and even that first quarter you mentioned earlier that you did struggle right when you started with us what what kind of caught you off guard or what maybe surprised you when you first started um and i guess what what why do you in hindsight now why do you think you struggled and what was it that you struggled with? Yeah, well, well, I think, I think what I've kind of found, and I've really been noticing this even recently, we've been doing this Kill the Club boot camp, me and Taylor, uh, for all our club reps and flow. And what I've been kind of noticing is, you know, some, some of the stuff we struggle with is time on doors, right? And then the other is a skill set. And we always think those are kind of the only two. I think, I think the third element of why a lot of reps struggle including myself is, is, is a lot of times, uh, like for me, it was neither of those. It's not really the work ethic or the skill set. I think I have both those. And, and I think I have a track record, you know, of like almost 15 years of proving that for me, it was like real life. You know, my, my grandmother had passed away and it was really, uh, out of left field. Like no one saw it coming. Um, and then I got right after that happened. So I missed that took us out for a couple of weeks. This is my first in my combine. Right. And I came in with all these goals and I'm running out of money because I wasn't making any money. 
in the mobile home gig. So our bank account's low. I have to perform. That took our family out for a couple of weeks. And then uh, right after that, I got a, I got um, uh, like a cyst or like, I don't know what it's called. It's like worse than that. Right in my nasal cavity, like right up near my eye socket. On the Just inside, out of the blue. Kind of, out of the blue. And so if you've seen those videos, like those really, you know, people call them like satisfying where they like pop those, mm. you know, like this. So if you're on the, if you're listening to the podcast right now and you're one of those people, I just have to tell you, dude, you're a weird person. That's such a weird thing to be really into watching on Instagram for um, hours a week. Like if that's on your, you know, your page where you scroll and there's just like tons of those videos, uh, you got a weird thing going on. But, but I had that. I had that inside my nose and it got so bad, dude. I had like a golf ball and, and my whole eye socket started bruising. Like it got real, the, the ears, nose, throat doctor said like it's the worst he's ever seen in his professional career. Right. So I'm coming to meetings now. We're like, we're like, dude, the new rep is gross. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Have you at seen, first, have you seen eyeball bad. boy? Yeah. So at first it wasn't there, right? It progressed. So at first I just had like a, I already have a pretty big nose. Then it was twice that size, but not bad <laughs> enough to know something was wrong with me. It was more just like, I think like people, I kind of got the look just in the pressure office, in like, your face. Yeah. Just like, I just had like, you know, a three times the normal size nose, but not bad enough to where you would ask about it. Like, Oh, is something wrong with you? Like it was right at that border. And so I'm coming into the office and I'm getting these looks like, just kind of like, who's this weird looking guy? Like this is a, it's just like we have a really weird looking new guy in the office. I have no <laughs> numbers, right? Um, <laughs> and now a month of my combine's gone. And uh, and I came in, you know, telling Crown, like, hey, I hope the pay plan's actually good because I'm going to do so good here. And here I am with like a golf ball in my face, <laughs> depressed, and uh, I haven't done anything. <laughs> and to take it further, Mike Brand was our director at the time. I called Jason and Mike. <laughs> this is so crazy thinking back on now. I called those guys and told them I wanted to meet. And I said, Hey, look, I'm going to recruit like 20 people. Um, I haven't done anything. I'm going to recruit 20 people and I'm going to be the top rep in the office. So, you know, what, what position is that? You know, like this dude, what, <laughs> where, where are you guys? And, uh, step one, and, you have to sell one account first. That's yeah. I didn't even have a step. I didn't even have an AC. That's with, the first so here's step. what's crazy. Here's what's crazy, but but really a cool testimony. I think Jason knew I had something in me, and Mike Brand gave me a shot. So uh, Mike actually took me out to like a steak dinner and talked to me about it, and didn't just shut it down. He basically, you know, paved the path and said, "Hey, man, uh, I actually think you can probably do this, and I can tell, you know, what you're talking about, and you know, let's let's get it going." But as of right now, you don't even have an AC, so. We have to get some, you have to do something, right? And I, so I said, look, man, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, you know, I'll do it. I'll make sure it happens. So I, I just, I kind of went on a tear. Like I just have to win everything. So I won a trip to New Zealand and I won a trip to Nike headquarter. And then I got, I think in that half quarter, I got like 22 installs. Um, and, and so I, I started doing that and then I recruited like 20 people in our office grew. And so, um, it started, it started going good. 
And so that was kind of the first like wave, but then my real struggle came. That wasn't actually the hard start. That was the good start. It had a hard first month, but I turned it around quick and got it going. And then uh, Taylor became our director. Uh, we switched up the region a little and Taylor, I didn't know Taylor. And uh, he had met me and we just kind of, you know, clicked really quick, quickly and became friends really quickly. And uh, I really just like how he leads his teams and, and really pours into the people. And so I just, I kind of like, you know, I feel like we had a similar heart for the job, that it was all about the people. And, and I also felt like nothing was off limits. Like it was like, if, if you had a dream or, or, you know, wanted to cast vision and, and really with Ty too, you talk to Taylor or Ty and they're just like, yeah, dude, let's pour some fuel on that fire and do it, you know? And, and I love that attitude. And so that all happened. And then, uh, my second quarter, um, was my worst, my worst personal sales quarter in my entire history. Um, and my probably just worst personal quarter of my life. Like I, I went through this bout of depression that I've never, never faced before. So I've always struggled with depression and anxiety, but it's something I've always been able to manage. So I've never taken medicine or anything. I, I kind of just knew like, okay, if I wait two days, the, the black cloud will lift and, and I can just, no one even knows I'm struggling. I can just power through and work harder, be more intentional with my wife, my friends, my family the next days. And, and I've ran my whole life like that. And then, uh, Q1 came and, um, I don't, I don't really know how else to describe it other than it felt like something like broke in me. Like, like I was no longer able to like, like process grief or like shelf anxiety. Like, um, I don't know how to describe it, but I thought, okay, I just got a couple of days and I'm going to get out of this funk. And then a week went by and then two weeks went by. And then it got to a point where like maybe two months went by. And I, I told my wife, like, babe, I don't know if in one time in two months I've had longer than a two hour run of feeling normal. Um, like I got to get some help because I can't, I can't even function. And, um, and I got so, it was like someone was broken and it made me a lot more compassionate to people with mental illness or just things that, that struggle worse than I do that I never really understood. And so, um, you know, it, it was a really, really hard quarter for me. But with this, I got Taylor kind of watching me now. I just got promoted to DM after my good quarter our team was growing and I feel like personally responsible, you know, all these guys I brought on my own recruits and then also wanted to pour into all the guys that weren't my recruits. And, and I take that responsibility really, uh, I don't take it lightly. It's, it's a really big deal to me to, to care for my people that are they're you know, kind of trusted with. And, uh, and so it was just a really hard quarter and I can't, you couldn't really fake it till you make it, you know, it's kind of like, I was just, I was just dying there. And, but it was, it was one of the best things for me to go through, I think, because uh, two things. First of all, uh, once again, the leadership here was, like, amazing. Like, I remember calling Taylor and talking to him about it and uh, thinking, I'm not really performing. This is my first crime. I'm the new guy there. He took a risk with me. <laughs> and now here I am. And I have all these excuses and I'm, I'm just not doing well. And he was just like a brother to me, right? Like he just, 
he just really cared about how I was doing and how Hannah was doing. And I was like, wow, that's pretty amazing. I talked to Tyler and uh, we had the same, same kind of talk and he just helped me, you know, like actually checked in on me and saw how I was doing and talked to Jason crown and, and he gave me some really life giving advice. And, and uh, I felt like I just had all these brothers that came around me instead, instead of saying like, man, you're not cutting it. They kind of said like, we know, we know you got it in you, but let's help you get through this rough patch. And it really was probably one of the, you know, biggest rough patches I've ever faced in my life. And, and uh, so anyways, it did come to pass. And then, so this quarter started and, and I think uh, it was just the perfect storm for some awesome stuff to happen because I felt a lot better. I got the best wife in the world and, and the greatest support team. And it was kind of like, you know what, now, now that the cloud has lifted, you know, how do we want to respond? Um, how do we want to pour into people around us? How do we want to be generous with our customers and give back to people right now? And we just kind of were really intentional about making life about everybody else. And, uh, and it ended up being, you know, just Grant, like I want to stop you. I, I uh, yeah. have a question because I think what you're talking about is very applicable to people. Um, first of all, thank you for sharing it. Um, you know, I, I, you talked about how, uh, you know, Taylor and Mike and crown and those guys had, had reached out to you. I was listening. Simon Sinek has this new content that's going around and he says that, um, you know, leadership isn't being in charge. It's taking care of those in your charge. And I think it's really cool. That's one of the things I love about, this group that we work with is, you know, you, po- you perform in a manner consistent with how you feel, but if the machine's not running well, you have to look at that rather than just keep pushing it until it breaks. Right. So um, one of the things yeah. that, especially coming out of shelter in place, I think there's a lot of people that are dealing with thoughts in their head that maybe they don't like, or they don't recognize as normal that didn't used to be there. Or, you know, a lot of times when you do a job that's a hundred percent commission and it's all up to you, it brings these things that were maybe dormant out a little bit more and people are looking at it kind of for the first time. So what advice do you have for any reps that are, that are maybe going through this, maybe just some dark days? How do you get out of it? What helped? Because you would never know it. Like I I talked to you during those days and of course we recognize it at that time, but you are not the type of person that people will be like, Oh yeah, you just got a sling grant over your shoulder. You're fun. You're, you're dynamic. You have good ideas. You really did recruit like 20 people. You're one of the top sellers. So what you see on the outside is not always what you see in the inside. And I wonder, I wonder for anybody that's feeling like that, what advice you have for them? Like I said, what, what's crazy about it is uh, it's way more common than we think, right? Like, and what I've been learning, I think what even me and Taylor have been seeing a lot recently is like in the club and combine group, when we meet with these guys, uh, a lot of the hurdles Most of the hurdles that are keeping them from that next level, even just in their career, which also probably parallels what's going on in our personal lives, right? Is not, um, is maybe not door approach sometimes. It might just be a real hurdle that someone doesn't know how to get past. And so, so for me, I think, I think I know what the answer is on paper. And then I think I'll share it, you know, from experience, but like, I really think life is all about people. So, so I told you guys, I used to be a pastor. So you're going to have to bear with me for a minute, but Jesus said the greatest commandment is that uh, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and then love your neighbors yourself. So like 
the most important command is all relational. It's like love God and love people. That is like, it sums up all the goodness in that book. And, and so we've known that answer, but a lot of times in leadership, I find, um, it's kind of lonely on the top. And then a lot of times for certain people in their life, they just don't have support systems or coaches or teammates or people that are in their corner. And so my advice would be um, get that immediately, right? And, and I'm so thankful that we have that here, like even down to the core foundations of who we are as a company, it's duplicated everywhere. Like you, you go over into someone else's region and what I see is like, this crazy, awesome family dynamic again. And, and for it to be a work environment, like we don't have to have that at work. This could just be like, Hey, um, you know, work, you need to work hard and provide for your family. And it's work. It's like a job, but to have that on such a large scale throughout the company is something that I think every rep should take advantage of. Like, like it takes a little vulnerability, but like get more involved with your team. Um, ask the leaders, like, most of the leaders I've met are not just really great sales athletes, but they're great people. And, and they're people who care about their people. And it's like part of the fabric of our, our company. And so I, I would just encourage people to utilize those resources. And then the same thing in your personal life, right? Like what shelter in place taught, taught us. And, and I think a lot of people is like, it's good to slow down sometimes and realize, you know, I have, <laughs> just sitting there uh, with nothing to do and nothing to achieve and it just enjoying uh, your wife is a really important thing, you know, and, and sitting down and, and taking some time to call your mom and, 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 you know, tell your mom what you love about her and, and all the things you're so grateful for in your childhood is a really good thing. And so I think people have to realize like, we're not here to just go through the motions and, you know, power through it and make as mo much money as we can. Like we, we are on the best career rocket ship to do that. But once again, like most of my successes come from that. It's been about the people. It's been the more relational I get with our customers, the more I care for other people. Like that's, that's directly related to my success here. And, and I also think, I also think um, everyone is leading someone. So even if you're not a leader, you're leading someone in your own household. You're leading someone you brought onto the team. You're leading, everyone has some leadership in their life. And so if you look at that and realize a responsibility I have personally in my life is to care for those around me and to lift up others and help make sure that others succeed. Um, there's no way success isn't knocking on your door as well. And, and I don't just mean monetary success. I mean, relationally, um, just peace of mind, like who you are at the end of the day. Uh, it's all really big stuff. So, so I would just tell people pour more into the relationships in your life and, and, and let it, let life be less dry. Don't, don't do the job as dry as possible and check the boxes. Don't do your relationships as unintentional as possible, but just using them like, like instead go into life and, and, you know, my pastor spin on it is always going to be the same, but I think life's really simple, man. It's about uh, loving God and being loved by God and then loving everyone around you. Um, and if you do those things, uh, life's a pretty amazing journey. So that's the only way I got out was people, people picking me up. I wanted to ask, it's, it's, um, 
It's such a cool thing of the company and Grant, I'd like to hear your thoughts on the Vivint Solar experience versus what you've experienced in the past, which is we get these opportunities to learn from people all the time. And it's like you, we, we hire a sales rep, they come on as a sales rep, they start performing well, which then uh, opens the door for them to kind of share their story, share their successes to the lead, to teach people what they've learned. And I feel like, and maybe I'm just naive to this because I'm, you know, just biased with our company, but um, for people that are maybe outside the industry or, you know, even other companies, it's like, I feel like Vivint Solar gives performers a platform to really share their story and create influence with other people around them. And like you said, to kind of spread that good that they have in them and really teach people. And I mean, I've just been amazed, like, you know, some of the, some of the stories we've heard on these podcasts, some of the stories you just hear on conference calls, on trainings and you know, it's like everyone's got these incredible stories to share and things that they've learned from it. Right. So when you compare the Vivint Solar platform to share and learn and grow and not just learning from other people, but also, you know, giving people opportunities to speak in front of groups and to get better at training and just to do all those types of things. How do you compare that to other opportunities that you've had in your life? And I guess what's the, what's the benefit of all that? Yeah. What I, what I often tell new reps is this is, this is the job. Well, here's what's crazy. This is the job that you wish all your other sales jobs were. Um, so whenever you embarked on a, on a venture early on in your career and you thought this is what it's going to be, this is what they're promising. This is actually what that is. And what's crazy about that is it's actually better than what you hoped your other jobs were. And actually, there's more opportunity. <laughs> um, you, can, you can change your life quicker than, than you would hope you could change. I mean, it's even more than that. So, so um, I, I think there's no shortcut to culture, right? So I think everyone wants a good culture. Everyone wants to boast in having a healthy culture, but there's no shortcut there. So uh, a lot of different toxic work environments I've been in or just non-growth work environments, the, the, it's not that unique. The, the circumstances that, make, that hold the organization down aren't that unique. They're pretty common. And so usually one of the main things is bad leadership. So a leader who's always looking over their shoulder uh, competitively thinking who's going to replace me and how do I keep them down? That, that just kills you're, you're, you're pulling any Michael Jordan out of the game, right? So from a leadership perspective, it's like the worst way to lead. And then, and then I think um, if you miss the relational aspect and caring for your people, you can talk about caring for people all day and having a great culture, but, but people almost watch with a skepticism, I think in culture. So, so you have to kind of realize that those things here, once again, like they can't, there's no shortcut and you can't fake it. So what I've seen here from the start is like exactly what you said. If someone performs, it's almost like an eagerness to celebrate that person, which is, which is how it should be. But it's, it's, um, it's really rare in the workforce. Like I've worked a lot of sales jobs and it's really rare. A lot of times there's a, 
political agenda when someone does well. That's how do we how do we actually keep that fire at a at a maintainable level instead of how do we pour as much gas on that fire as we can and how do we be teachable and learn from it? And so that's all I've seen here is like like um the what's amazing to me, I listen to electric people all the time. Uh like everyone I hear speak on here that's that's really doing some phenomenal stuff. Uh, they're really, there's like a real humility and I don't mean humility, like, woe is me. I'm not that great. It's like, there's a quiet confidence that knows I can do the job. I can do well here. Um, I, I know what I'm doing, but a humility that like, I can't even tell you after I did my best practices training on referrals, I had like 15 DMs reach out to me, not like sales reps. It was like leaders in the company that are better than me calling saying, how do you do that? Or what do you do here? What's the best way to do this? And I've just seen that as long as I've been here, I've been over this past year, uh, it's been really impressive to me that there's just this humility and, and then this like eagerness to celebrate people's success. Uh, and it really is like second to none in the industry. And, and also uh, just, <laughs> just so rare, I think in, in like, almost any organization. I mean, you take it to any type of organization that is such a rare quality that there is an eagerness to celebrate people. And so I love that here, man. It's something that I'm, I'm really grateful and, and I've learned a lot uh, from our leaders being here, how to just, how to grow in that too and how to celebrate people more and, uh, and just be a better leader as well. So it's just, it's just second to none to, to anywhere I've been, Adam. Mm. It's a really, really great thing. Well, and I think I think we all benefit from it for sure. The uh, the your your accomplishments, man. Like you're, you're talking about Q1 when the world was normal, <laughs> being in uh, being in a deep dark place. But as it sits right now, and we'll see how it shakes out today. It's the last day of the quarter, so there's a lot of stuff happening today. But on permit submitted, you're fourth place in the company. Uh, these are the people that are ahead of you, Dave Madsen. Weiler Whitwer, John Sanders, Grant Shaw, right? If you look at installs complete as of today, Weiler Whitwer, Jeremy Atkinson, John Sanders, Spencer Diavola, Dave Madsen, Brian Labonte, Terry Xanthos, Grant Shaw. Like, That's too you, many names, you, dude. You, you, you gave too many names. The list is that it's, it's seven out of like 1,600. Yeah. So uh, I want to know, let's take a second to get better at the job because a lot of people said, you know, COVID was crazy. My numbers were low because of COVID, whatever. Yours catapulted, right? How did you do it? What do you, to what do you attribute your performance during during COVID? And what can people what can people do to boost their sales? Yeah, a uh, couple things. So, so first, um, <laughs> I'll try to give a few quick answers because there's a couple things. So first, for me, it was personal. You know, like the reality is, I was coming out of the hardest quarter of my life, and so. For me, I set my personal goals. It was like, um, I'm gonna, you know, I, talk, I sat down, I talked with my wife because it does take a lot out of you when you, you go really hard. So like winning the rally was like a choice for me. Uh, like I didn't doubt that I could do it, but it was like, I got to talk to, you know, I got to say, hey babe, can we, you care if I go kind of- Can we win the rally, please? <laughs> yeah, can, can we win it? Cause do you, you care, can, do you care if I win the rally, babe? Is that yeah. something yeah. that 
you're okay with. And she said, you know, no, you haven't won anything in a while, so get after it. So I, you know, so I had the green light and uh, we did it. So no, uh, but uh, yeah, so first was just for me personally coming out of a, such a down bad quarter and, and like really, uh, you know, some deep stuff for me was more just like, I personally am ready to just go off. Right. And then, uh, and then what happened was shelter in place happened. Um, and, and, and I think a lot of people kind of thought what's going to happen. Like you talk about this a lot of time, but being either proactive or reactive, I think, uh, great leaders are proactive and bad ones are reactive. Right. And so, um, so I just kind of knew early on, like, we have to make a decision. We can't work. We can't work. Le- if this is going to be way harder, obviously the answer is that we can't work less hard now and think somehow we're going to be okay. Uh, and then the other side was, I think because I've ran construction businesses, like it's all really personal. The responsibility is really personal to me. So when I think of our installers, like it's not, this isn't any fluff. It's a real thing. I picture a real young family who like I was crawling under mobile homes might be crawling on roofs and installing solar, uh, to make ends meet for their family. Maybe they have a newborn baby girl that just arrived and, and now shelter in place happens and they're actually freaking out going, what am I going to do? Um, I can't, I can't go to sleep at night thinking an okay answer to that is I'm going to just, you know, wait this thing out and wait till it's easy and nice for me again. Like I would feel an extreme sense of <laughs> guilt and laziness and irresponsibility to think we're just going to let those guys die and, and, you know, say, Oh, what was I supposed to do? So, so for me, I kind of made a decision really early on. It was like, look, we have to work way harder now than we did in Q1 or last Q4. Um, and then I thought, and, and I, and no one knows how to do it. So, so we have to learn how to learn really quickly, um, which means as a leader, uh, we have to hit the pavement and run. Right. And so I think I just changed some of the stuff I was doing. Um, and then, and then really got intentional with our team and, and we really wanted to just spend that quarter going, how do we, how do we do this? Uh, Scott and Jason came up with the Zoom blitzes, which I think went company wide, and, and our office just came together like a family. And then people started crushing their previous goals and previous quarters. But it was and more so, than Zoom blitzes. I mean, you guys were doing like P90X via Zoom, like the whole team was working out. Yeah, you guys are doing in. like cold calls where everybody can listen to you cold calling and like making a fool out of yourself. You guys, Adam, they had these contests where like we'll talk about like some of the challenges mid zoom call because if you're on a four-hour zoom call where everyone's like making calls it can be a little boring yeah you got to make it fun right so you we had we had one we just i just showed it on our training this morning just to kind of review this quarter but we had one where we did like a costume day and uh it was out of control man like someone was a dinosaur um jason crown was batman and his whole family was dressed up like superheroes so like (laughs) <laughs> the zoom calls were out of control and it once again though it's one of those things that it's it's easy like this is part of the leadership again it's easy to go yeah look at the great idea we had for you know but the reality is that zoom call is not amazing unless every rep is bought in so i was saying this on our call this morning like if you have 
if we say, hey, let's do this fun Zoom thing and only seven reps hop on the call and then only one dresses up, like it's just a really awkward call that, that, <laughs> that you know, you got one, one weird person dressed yeah, up. But when you dress like on, strawberry well, shortcake. <laughs> but when you have a hundred percent of the reps, has to, it also has to work. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it yeah. has to be fun, but it has to start working. And I think that's really where watching your team from afar and Grant, like I'm telling you, even you know out here on the East Coast, like we're all wondering what the heck is Temecula doing? Like everyone else fell off a cliff when this thing started. Within a week or two, Temecula is not only doing what they were doing pre-COVID, they're exceeding it and they're beating their pre-COVID numbers to a point to where, you know, you have Chance talking about on our VP calls and director calls going, I don't think Temecula is like ever going back to the doors. Like whatever they're doing is way better than the doors. (laughs) So, um, I mean, we were all just like, what is going on out there? And I think that's really where the magic happened is not only were you able to get all your reps bought in, which is a tough thing to do when the company does a complete pivot on our business model to get your team completely bought in within the first couple of weeks of this thing. And then not only get them bought in, but made sure it worked because if it doesn't work, that's when they start falling back off again. Right? So it's like, it has to work. And then that's really when the team starts, it's like the underdog in a sports game, that moment when they start believing that they can win, that's the most dangerous moment in the game for whoever the favorite is. And it's like all of a sudden, you know, like Temecula has this moment where they start believing they can win. And maybe yeah. just walk us through that that moment in time when you guys as a leadership group and your team started believing that you could do this. Yeah, so um, <laughs> I'll give you the really simple answer that is is just one million percent true and people are the second i say it it, 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 there's like a part of us that just wants to fight back against it and say no 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 and make up a million excuses but here's the reality it's the exact same as the doors um if like so our office is like 25 people if 25 people were on the doors for five hours today there will be accounts created and welcome calls to be had there's just there's no way it won't happen. It will absolutely happen. So I think, I think the reality is and why, why it went so well is what, when we started having fun together as a team and coming together, um, the next thing that we, that we really found was uh, if you just work the hours, right? Like we have 25 people engaged and we just actually make the calls and work just like the doors, you have 25 people grinding. There's no way numbers don't pop up. The thing is, I think we feed ourselves so many excuses and, and we constantly try to convince ourselves that there's this like exception or, uh, you know, this, this reason someone else is succeeding and not me. But when you do it corporately as a group and you realize like, wait, no, we're just doing it and wait, the numbers are showing up and wait. And, and it starts like, dismantling all of your preconceived, uh, you know, kind of BS you've been feeding yourself for years sometimes, or just built into your yourself, uh, you'll realize, man, and, and you see the shift. It's like everyone starts getting excited going, dude, we can do this. And we can actually double uh, pre-shelter in place numbers. And, and you start um, 
you know, just taking off. And so that's kind of what happened. And, and I think it's the same now. It's not, there's nothing unique to it. It's just the, the reality is if, if we all buy in, it's like, it's like playing a game. It's like, if you've ever played a game with a non-competitive person, I'm, I'm really competitive. Like I'm like, you know, we've had like counseling meetings with friends over uh, settlers of Catan. So like I'm super competitive, right? But if you've ever played a game, like you're going to go play volleyball and everyone's having fun and they're actually keeping score and you're wanting to win and you start like having that pride and in trying to come together and like spike the ball or whatever. And then there's that one person that like doesn't care and they just like catch the ball and like throw it back and like, well, I don't have to hit it right or whatever. And like, it ruins the whole game. It's like, dude, like at least just invest a little bit of effort and try to have fun with everyone and give your best. Right. I think the same thing happens. It's like, if, 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 you know, you're in the NBA finals and half the team just started like going on Instagram and like took their shoes off on the side of the court and then, you know, started eating macaroni and cheese. You'd be like, dude, what are you doing? There's like a game going on. And I think that happens in the work environment sometimes in sales environments. What happens is, is like, you know, you're the weird guy in the corner on Instagram when everyone else is trying to do something. And, and the reality is if everyone instead said, Hey, let's be the team and let's show up and let's put the uniform on and let's get it done. It actually becomes way more fun and more exciting. And, and, and you get excited for others and that culture breeds on itself where you're now celebrating other people's victories and that family dynamic kicks in. It's just a real amazing, you know, like there's an electricity to it that you're, it's like contagious. You love being around it. Um, but, but the reality is it's not really phones or doors. It's, it's, am I playing the game or do we have, you know, half the team like taking their jersey off and, and scrolling Instagram? Well, that's not a very fun basketball game for anybody. Like that's just a, it's just like a weird thing and really out of place. So, so I think that's kind of how it transitioned was people started playing and then they went, Oh, it's actually kind of fun to, 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 you know, uh, sink the three and yell raindrops. Right. So, uh, <laughs> I keep thinking, I keep thinking of like Draymond green, just getting a massive bowl of Mac and cheese delivered to him from somebody. And <laughs> it's like, I'm going to do yeah, this dude, real just, quick. Yeah. <laughs> Why mac and cheese? Yeah. <laughs> All loud. <just> whatever. <laughs> Um, talk about, talk about one of the ways you did it is referrals. You get, you get a lot of referrals and you actually do a customer experience. This is kind of cool. Like, um, your, your take on customer experience, your opportunities on referrals and how Hannah helps, um, maybe share some of your, your tips on that. So guys can, can use some of those things that you do with your job. I think you do this part different than everybody else in the company. Yeah. I'm the very best at it. I'm actually the very best at referrals. I <laughs> well, tell, you do it differently. I tell people. That's what I said. Yeah, no, I I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I say you have to listen to this part because it is the best. It's the best thing that I do. Now, um, now, first of all, yeah, Hannah helps me uh, with with everything too. So she helps me here, and a lot of people call them. It's like, wow, your wife helps you with that. I'm like, bro, I, she's she helps me with every single thing that I do well in my life. So uh, she's she's a rock star. She even helps me think through some of the stuff for how to make it better. Um, which once again, it makes it kind of fun to, to approach it like a team. So, uh, yeah, what I do with referrals. So, so 
first of all, I think our program is like great, right? Like you're, you're giving people power at a lower rate and it didn't cost them anything to do it. So um, when I first came over, just, just like owning that and realizing like, man, that's what I get to sell. That's, that's an amazing thing. But then, but then you, you realize there's so many other things we can do. Like now as a company, not, not just me or a rep doing this, but like the fabric of our company is saying, Hey, we want to give people during a hard time, six months of free power. Like what an awesome thing from the top down. And, and then and this, but, but where it really clicked. And once again, it was just the timing was perfect. Came out of a really hard quarter. Uh, but we came back from New Zealand and I, and I always want to share the story because it, it really changed our, our life. But New Zealand was just unreal. Anyone uh, in this company should be striving to get on the league trip because it is, it's better than the video that they put out and the video is insane, but it is, it, it is unbelievable. And so we showed up to that trip and, um, Cassie and Sydney and Ashley and Brad, all the, I mean, these guys do such a good job at, <laughs> at creating culture and giving us awesome content and experiences. And, and, uh, there's a couple things on the trip. So we bungee jumped, we took helicopter rides, like, you know, onto little ice caps. And then, I mean, just, just out of control. Right. And the, the trip was amazing. We'll never forget it. We had the time of our life. Uh, the people, uh, it was just incredible. But when we first got there, we got into our hotel and there was this little, uh, I'll never forget it, but there's just this little, you know, blue Nike backpack and there's a tag with my name on it. And then inside is a jacket for my wife, a jacket for me, uh, you know, a note to me. Then we went to dinner and they gave out these necklaces to all the wives um, that had a key on it and talked about the wives being the key to our success and how much they put up with us, you know, being these crazy, uh, entrepreneurial, you know, uh, <laughs> lunatics, like they, they deal with a lot and just how thankful they were for our, our wives and our, you know, teammates. And, and, and I'm thinking about this, it's like this little swag pack, this necklace, these little extra touches, are things that like in 20 years, I think we'll remember that, you know, uh, we'll remember that little backpack waiting in our, our hotel room. And um, so we were flying home and it was like, babe, it's crazy because like right now I'm going to hit franchise today and I have no idea what that swag pack's like yet. And from what I hear, it's awesome. And you get all this other cool stuff and we get all this awesome Nike swag and we're going to go to Nike headquarters again. And, and, and the reality is all the guys that are hitting those numbers, they can afford all the swag they want. Like you're not hurting any more money wise. Like the $300 swag pack isn't really that big of a deal, but there's something that's so amazing about the intentionality of that culture that, that some reason a Dave Madsen still gets really pumped up when his swag pack shows up. Right. Or, or a guy, you know, bungee jumping, uh, you know, and flying a helicopter in New Zealand, you know, gets a note and a little backpack in their hotel room. And it's like, wow, that was really, really a pretty cool thing that they put together for us. And, um, and I, and so we we're flying home and, and Hannah's kind of like, babe, it's just crazy. It's like, it's like the thing that you guys all love about Vivint so much in this culture. It's like the one thing we don't really give to our customers. 
And um, that just got my wheels, you know, spinning a million miles an hour because I'm always, always been a visionary. I'm always thinking outside the box or trying to. I think I actually text Ty. Ty, you're supposed to have this text still. There's this, a text message I sent to Ty that I said, hey, if I figure out the thing that I think I'm figuring out right now, it's going to land me on electric people one day and you're going to have me talk about it. And he said, he said, dude, I'm screenshotting that text. So, so here's the idea, right? And so, uh, this is, <laughs> it's all been um, leading to this moment. If you yeah, haven't been really listening, happened. you haven't been listening. This was, <laughs> this, this is, is the like, time. You know, this over. is a thing. Um, <laughs> no, it was, but, but, we just started thinking, how do we do that? Like, how can we do that better? And kind of stumbled into a little success. So we were given a thousand dollars as like a cash back incentive. And then we changed it to 750 bucks and a Nest thermostat. And what it, what it did to the process was it, it allowed us to like connect with the customer multiple times instead of once. So instead of right after PTO, then a check shows up in the mail and you go, oh, wow, checks in the mail. And then that's like the whole experience and you're done, right? Instead, it was like, okay, I'm going to drive the check over. I'm going to bring another day a Nest thermostat. I helped a couple customers like install those, right? So now I'm hanging out with them for 30 minutes, teaching them how that works. I always tell them the same thing. Like after we drive home from church, we'll turn ours on on our phone and blah, blah, blah. And, and, you know, and now we're like building this relationship and having multiple touches. And so I thought, man, let's do these swag packs. So like Vivint. And so then we started doing, Hey, this week, we're going to do these Nike joy rides. You're going to get six months of free power. Um, we're going to do, uh, you know, $500 cash back on top of that. And we just started being more intentional with generosity and thinking like, here, here's the reality. This is what I tell my guys. You can intentionally plan on being extremely generous in this job and still make more than 99.9% of earners in the world. Like that is an amazing thing and opportunity that we have. And so we just really started doing it. So I made like, I got one here, so I'll show you, but I made like these little cards, um, you know, and then we'd write on the back and we have this whole process where it'll say like, once you get your Nike swag, send us a picture in front of your solar panels and your Nike swag, let us know what a good experience it was. <clears throat> and so we're touching, now we're talking to each customer like 15 or 20 times. They're texting, you know, you always know you made it with a customer when you're getting like emojis in your text message. So when they start texting you like their favorite emojis, you know, like, okay, I'm at the, we're friends now. Like we actually became <laughs> buddies. And so what happened was it kind of was just like changing from that, um, just like a dry cell to that same cultural experience we have as reps here that we love so much. And it made my customers now fall in love with like the culture of Vivint. And so now they're like at a campfire wearing their Vivint jacket that has their name embroidered that I got. And then their friends going, what's that? And they're like, oh, dude, it was so cool. We did this program. It saved us this. We got like jackets. They're doing this. We're actually going to go to a Ducks game next year when, when everything opens up again. We're, and it, it's made it where like each customer's giving me more customers. And now I started developing like league levels, you know, per se, uh, for my referral customers. So like once they hit certain 
referral amounts, then they're at this next level. And so just kind of mimicking what's already been laid out for me, but with customers and, and I got like, I have customers now that are competing against each other, trying to get the first one to get to 10 referrals, you know, or the first one to get to five. And, and it, it just, it just starts multiplying in on itself where like I can just pick up the phone and find five to 10 welcome calls if I need them right now, you know? And so, um, that's been kind of what I'm doing with referrals is really just trying to duplicate, you know, what our experience is here with Vivint. And it's, it's been working, man. It's been working pretty well. Well, it's awesome. Like the multiplying game. Cause it's not like, Hey, I got a referral today. Like in their text thread grants, like I just got seven more referrals. Mm-hmm. I just did six welcome calls. And it's, it's to a point where you're running your own program, but it's cool to see how stoked the customers are. And I, I liked your phrasing, how you said you can still be uh, intentionally generous and still earn more than, than, than most people so that true. are working with. And I think it's awesome. Yeah. I think it's awesome. I love all those that's ideas cool. too, man. That's, that's really, really good stuff. Yeah. yeah that's cool. Our job is to get people to and from area and we're at about that time. So uh, did you, you've covered a lot of stuff today. I really appreciate it from how to think about the job, how to grow at the job, how to be open and self-aware and also how to, how to capitalize on an opportunity. I think when, you know, when people say never waste a good crisis, I think, I think you've definitely made great use of it where you come out of this thing better. You've got tons of happy customers to show for it and you'll continue to advance in leadership and teach more people how to do this. So thanks, man. We're looking forward to more uh, of what you accomplish in the coming years. And thank you guys for joining us. This has been another episode of Electric People. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate you. If you've liked what you've heard and are interested in joining our teams, check us out at viventsolar.com forward slash careers. If you enjoyed the podcast, please go to iTunes and subscribe. Leave us a great review and leave us a five-star rating. Thanks for hanging out with us today. This is Electric People. Take these principles and go be electric.